to the USA Hockey Podcast, a youth sports conversation focused on providing players, coaches, and parents with engaging and informative content that they can use at home and at the rink. Tune in as we chat with some of the greatest people around ice hockey and youth sports. Join the discussion on Twitter at USA Hockey Coach. Now, let's drop that puck. Welcome back again for another great episode of the USA Hockey Podcast. Today, we welcome on Dave Caruso with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I almost said USA. Columbus Blue Jackets. In this episode, Dave shares his path through hockey, starting in a very non-traditional market to playing in the AHL and now working with an NHL franchise. Dave currently serves as the director of amateur hockey, Uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they're doing quite some incredible things to develop hockey players and coaches and getting these kids to love the sport of hockey and keep them coming back. I know you'll enjoy this episode, uh, so let's get right into it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, we welcome on Senior Director of Amateur Hockey Programming with the Columbus Blue Jackets and Executive Director of Blue Jackets Hockey League, Dave Caruso. So, Dave, welcome on. Hey, thanks for having me, Zach. Always good to see you and hear you and um, be be part of USA Hockey stuff. Awesome, and we're happy to have you back on and um, being a part of some of our content and some of the stuff that we're doing because I know you spent some time uh, with USA Hockey and, and doing all that, but we'll get into some of that stuff a little bit later on as we go. But as you know, this is a youth hockey podcast, and I would love to hear the Dave Caruso youth hockey story. So from start till you kind of start to get into coaching, um, kind of your path through hockey, because I know yours is a, a bit unique and and where you came from. So yeah, so uh, I was born on, on Long Island in New York and uh, started playing hockey there. My uncle played at Connecticut College uh, Division Three when I was younger. So he's him and the rest of my family got me into it that way. But we moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I was seven years old. So not your typical hockey hotbed, and that was in 1989. Um, so as you can tell, as I was seven years old, I was um, 82 born there um, or born in 82. Played down there, and the cool thing about playing in in Georgia was it was a very small community, and there was only a couple ice rinks, and we had to travel um, anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes to the closest ice rink. But I was hooked early, and um, the Atlanta Flames were there a couple years prior to that. So we actually had a handful of NHL alumni that were there and some of our coaches, and most notably a guy named Dan Bouchard. And he was a goalie for the Quebec Nordiques, and if you look up stories about Dan Bouchard and Patrick Waugh, Patrick Waugh's idol was Dan Bouchard growing up. So it was a pretty cool. Um, his daughter was on the same team as me uh, when we were at six, seven, eight years old. And um, it was, it was interesting, right? Like it was, I, I played uh, early on, I played on um, two age groups because they didn't have goalies um, at the older age groups, but also played forward when I was, uh, when I was able to. So it was a really great experience. And, you're looking back and kind of some of those, the players that, that were at the same time as myself, I, I think we had a, two Division One players that played. And then after me, a really big handful of players. Um, the big thing that really happened was that around 1995 was they built a new rink there that was a two-sheet and a roller rink. And the cool thing about that was um, I was in ninth grade and I was able to work there, but we played a ton of roller hockey. Um, and 
competitive roller hockey, going to different tournaments. And uh, I would play play goalie in some of the bigger events, but play forward or defense or whatever it is in, in roller hockey. And I thought that was the biggest turning point for me as a player and understanding the game and kind of improving my skills. Uh, during that time, they were always looking for coaches. And um, our roller hockey coach was looking for help with, um, they called it the initiation program, so it was learn to play. And I was on the ice a couple times a week helping teach learn to play hockey, uh, both ice and roller hockey. And that was kind of got me started. I, I started coaching with him in roller hockey. And uh, kind of my claim to fame is I was a, a assistant coach for the 12U-1999 roller hockey usa hockey national champions and 14 and then also won it at 18 so it was a pretty big big um weekend there so that was a pretty cool experience and that was back when usa hockey had uh inline hockey and um it was it was it was a, a fun time and really the big point big turning point and from there i was lucky enough to um play junior hockey up in boston after i graduated high school so i stayed at home in georgia which now it's um you know, hockey is so nationally that um, you can live in Georgia or live in Florida or live in California and be seen. But kind of back then, it was a little uncommon because, you know, you did not have live barn. You did not, not have any of those things that you could really see. So I was I, I caught on with a junior team, um, Mike Odessa, who coached at RPI. And our goalies that year turned out to be three Division One goalies, myself uh, and two other guys, one guy. Um, played on my Bantam team in, we played together at Bantam's in Georgia. So that was the connection. So it was my goalie partner when I was 14 years old. His name was John Harrell. And he played at BG um, for two years and we played against each other for a couple of years at BG. So that was a really cool experience. Um, so after junior hockey, um, or got recruited to play at Ohio State and um, really, really Great experience there. Spent four four and a half years there. I came in in the winter and redshirted. And uh, Columbus was very similar to growing up in in Georgia. It was very similar to the the UGA or Auburn feel that I really liked, and um, it was a really great fit for me. And uh, continued to coach, continued to do that kind of stuff on the side while I was playing. But then I uh, was lucky enough to sign with the Atlanta Thrashers out of school. Um, played signed with them played one year with the Atlanta Thrashers and it was mostly played most of my time in Gwinnett Gladiators which is Atlanta it's the suburb of Atlanta and that was a really cool experience to have all my friends and family come to all the games playing pro I think a lot of them did not at in high school just thought I was the the, the weird goalie or the weird hockey person they didn't really know about ice hockey but them coming to see games and seeing it in a big big stage was definitely a, a lot different uh, for them to see see me and uh after six years of playing pro i coached two years with the new jersey devils in albany new york and their american hockey league team two goalies are still playing around the nhl or in the in the american league I, we had scott wedgwood and keith kincaid so scott wedgwood's in dallas and keith kincaid i think is, he's in the Prov or the boston bruins farm farm system so uh, that's pretty cool there going from there um after those two years, I came back to Ohio and was just goalie coaching, coaching different types of things, doing different types of things around around the area, coaching uh, uh, 
college and um, youth hockey. And that's really where I got into youth hockey um, full, full go. And uh, so I started as a goalie coach and, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do as a goalie coach. You can really help the goalies, but I thought there was always a lot more that I could do instead of just kind of being out there and just helping that, that the, those one or two goalies, I wanted to have that impact and, and, and be able to design practices and design um, activities for the, not just the goalies for all players. And I thought that made the most impact for me. So I was doing that for five years and then started um, with USA Hockey in 2019. And I was manager of coaching education for two years and uh, was was really enjoying my time with USA Hockey. And uh, uh, coincidentally, in uh, last January, I took a job with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it was it was, it was a situation where we're doing a lot of stuff and you know, Zach with USA hockey and we talk and, you know, Hey, here are the best practices. Here's what we do. Here's, here's how it goes. But I had the opportunity with the Columbus blue jackets and how it's situated here to actually implement everything that we want to do and how we want to do it within USA hockey, but also with, with our contacts throughout the world and what, what's the best, practices for these kids and the best experience for these kids so that we can make this system sustainable and be able to uh, bring more kids into hockey and keep them for a long, long time. And uh, in the end, become fans of hockey. And then they, they turn back and they become coaches and they bring their kids in and it's a never ending process. And that's how you really grow it. So sorry, I, I really went on a long, long winded answer of, Hey, do you just play hockey, Dave? Yeah. I played hockey and there's a lot of different things. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's uh, really actually a, a great transition in, into where we're, we're going to go and, and kind of the meat of where uh, we'd like to have a lot of discussion here. And I love that you talked about how when you were not only playing roller hockey, but just playing uh, growing up that you were playing both forward and goalie. Um, were there some things that you liked about that, some things that you felt like made you better? Um, can you tell me a little bit about you know, how that helped you as a, as a player? I, I always jokingly say that I, I'm, I'm a forward that plays goalie uh, in heart. So that's, that's kind of what I, what I like to do. My favorite player growing up was Martin Brodor, and he really liked playing the puck. And if you read up on some stories about him, he, he liked playing forward and playing out and skater for a while too. And uh, it really helps in a number of different factors. One, it will help with it's a different it's a different game so I, I consider it almost a different sport so goalie is a different sport than than forward so there's different things that you got to learn and kind of understand as a goalie compared to forward but also being able to um, do both and have that ability to do both will help with skating and if you are uh, um, and just the athleticism of of moving around and it's a really big part and it changes it up. And there's a lot of times now that you see and you hear about goalies having a lot of hip injuries or knee injuries. And I think I was lucky. I had one or two little knee injuries that were a couple, couple uh, weeks and that was it. But I thought that was a big, big reason that helped me kind of stay out of goalie for a while to play a different sport and different, different things to help my skills. And I definitely, definitely helped me with uh, moving the puck and being aware of situations and what what offensive players are trying to do against me and having that awareness and in the end it lead, led to being a coach right like having that awareness for for both um, all those positions. Yeah, so you're not just a goalie coach, but you uh, 
you're a coach that can also coach goalies, right? And so that's, uh, that's what we want kind of all of our coaches to be able to do. So that's, that's really cool. And so let's, let's kind of dig into uh, what you're getting at with the end there with, with what you're doing with the, the Blue Jackets Hockey League and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so in your current position, what are some things that uh, you guys are, are working on or trying to accomplish? So the biggest thing that we want to do is is bring more kids into the sport and keep them keep them involved within the sport as the Columbus Blue Jackets. So um, before I got here to Columbus uh, and working for Columbus, we we've been doing some really great things in the in the area. One of the biggest things is we we have a a couple step process and we want to try to get sticks in hands of our players or our, our future players, uh, kids at different elementary schools. So that kindergarten through fifth grader we want to we're working with their PE teachers and um, we just had a professional development day for some of the PE teachers around here in Columbus and what they do is they come in and we have a, a program where it's called the power play challenge and uh, we have a, a manual for these PE teachers who may or may not have a background in hockey um, so what they do is they come in we we teach them some of the finer basics of hockey and they implement it within their school curriculum and their PE classes. And the goal is they have five things they, they got to do. It's a nutrition, it's a, it's a run, it's a push up, it's a sit up. And then I, I think it's like a stick handling challenge that these players complete. And if they complete that, they get a um, street hockey stick and a street hockey ball um, towards the end of the year that they, they have, they take home on the, on their bus or, whatever. So they have that stick in hand so they can play. It's branded with some cool CBJ stuff um, so that they they have that there. So from there, that's where we want to try to get them to a, and we call it a get out and learn a goal. So it's a try hockey uh, for free event that we do a number of different ways. We do it on ice, probably have about five or six a year for that. And that coincides with our your typical try hockey free events with USA Hockey, whether it's the girls hockey weekend, the IHF, or the two tri hockey events. And one was just happened in November um, here, and there's another one in February. But we also do a ton of street hockey um, get out and learn events. So we just bought a unbelievably cool um, blow up in um, ice rink or a roller hockey rink. So it's it's a it's a blow up that we can set it up and we can set it anywhere, any any facility, and it blows right up with um, your typical blow up way with that the air pump and you can put it anywhere and it you you make you make your your borders and you make your your areas around and it's it's an easy way and it rolls up really nice so we do a lot of that in our fan development department and they they're always out and seeing different events it's just getting those sticks in hands of those players and having them aware from there we're trying to get them into our learn to play program and this learn to play it's, it's through the nhl it's um and through the industry growth fund and it's new we change it up so we're in a unique situation here in columbus is all the rinks around columbus are um part of the chiller so there's no really one off entity they're all owned similarly or run by one one company who are um connected with us in in a way but not not exactly and uh what we do is at each rink we have eight week programming for learn to play. And instead of just doing a one session learn to play, this is where players um, sign up and for their first learn to play, they get full gear, totally full gear, head 
head to toe, um, pants, skates, helmet, all that good stuff sticks, comes in, comes in a little box, and they're able to get on the ice. And this first learn to play, we said, hey, no requirement for skating. You come in, you get the gear, you come in. Um, we have um, figure skating instructors out on the ice, and that's our, our learn to play hockey one. That program is run by our NHL ambassador, Andrew Castles. And um, all the NHL um, teams have a learn to play program. And you can look up more on, on that if, you, if you're interested. And from there, they graduate into hockey too. And they get their stick and they start skating more with the puck. And then from after hockey two, they graduate in hockey three. And these are eight week sessions. So it's, it's important for us to have that all year long. So I think there's five or six of them throughout the year, eight week sessions. And um, the coaches out there are all um, professional coaches. So some of them are the figure skating coaches. Some of them are um, people that just do a little bit of hockey instruction part-time. So it's a really great experience for them. And they're all branded with our CBJ colors. And the goal for that is after they get done, they are gonna graduate into the Blue Jackets Hockey League. And that's where I, I come along. So this Blue Jackets Hockey League is um, recreational programming and it's age appropriate, um, development appropriate for them. So um, following the ADM framework and principles that, uh, that, that you talk about and, and USA Hockey talks about, but really implement it on, on a, a scale. So what we're doing is we have it out of three of our main rinks. This year we have um, what we've done is just for five to eight years old. So this is our first year. And we're doing 10 week sessions and they are very, they're consistent. There are only two of them. We're doing a fall and a winter and there's only two. And we strategically put them on certain dates so that those players in our learn to play can enter more than once into our, our Blue Jackets hockey league. Because typically in the past, players who did a learn to play in fall or, or, or summer might have to wait until the next summer to sign up. So we wanted to eliminate that barrier for them. We wanted to put them in and have them be able to. So the fall season, we've had, we had about 500 kids between three rinks. For the winter, and the registration is not done yet, um, we're right around 600. So it's those players coming in uh, at different times, but also gives them the opportunity for different sports and being multiple sports, right? So sometimes soccer is really big, and um, they might not be able to fit in their schedule for fall, and they want to play hockey but, but they would have to make that choice in the past so we've we've given that options or vice versa we got a, a handful of pretty good basketball players around here in columbus and they just wanted to play in the fall and not play in the winter and that's awesome and great and um uh, very consistent to what what we want to do and have those multi-sport athletes for them yeah, so so many things that uh, I wanted to kind of go back on here. Um, so I, I let's pull it back to that that blow up rank. And is that something that? Because I think that's really cool. And actually, the Cleveland Monsters, who I know are uh, associated uh, with the Blue Jackets, they have one as well, and they actually brought one to our rink. Uh, I think two years ago. And so is that something that people can kind of request or ask for, or is that just something, do you guys have different events? Uh, I guess, how, how can people get involved with some of those events where you guys are bringing those uh, blowups out? So the, probably the easiest way is to get on our website, just type in CBJ um, 
expand development or get out and learn would probably be the, the best way to, to do that. And that will get you to a, a spot. And there's a couple of different avenues that you can go. Yes, you can request and kind of say, hey, I got this thing going on um, at such and such town and it's, uh, we'd love to have the Blue Jackets out. That could be something. Or uh, the, we work with different towns and, and townships and throughout the city and say, hey, okay, hey, we want to get to Grove City. We want to get here. We want to make sure that we're we're getting a lot of people and seeing a lot of people, whether it's at fairs or events, and that would just be on our website. And that's through our fan development area. And that's really the start. That, that's the big, big thing for us is kind of, you know, getting out in front and, you know, it, our marketing team does a really good job of, of trying to get new families and, and more, more kids and people in. Yeah. And so, is this something that you see with not just Columbus uh, or not just with the Blue Jackets or the Cleveland Monsters doing? Do you see other programs uh, around the nation doing this as well? Yeah. So uh, the cool thing about with USA Hockey is there's that connection piece with USA Hockey and their NHL partners. And we're in it together, right? Like the, the NHL and USA Hockey, we want to grow the sport um, in the U.S., but also Canada as well. and it's it's people share knowledge and share information and, and help each other and hey th this is has worked for us and um oh you're doing this okay hey how can we make this so it fits to our group and and, and i know with our group here in in columbus we are very willing to help and give 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 ideas give information and the uh, be, be kind of that resources uh, we've talked to a couple uh areas right outside of our kind of our reach up in Cleveland area. And they were just interested in how we did our learn to play and kind of how that all uh, sat. And we had a couple conversations with them and I think it's going pretty good up there um, with some of the stuff they're trying to implement, but every, every town is different, right? Like every it's unique and it's trying to fit what fits for your town and your um, city. Yeah. And so that's uh I just want to make sure that, you know, not only the people that are near us, Cleveland and Columbus area, um, are able to, to kind of figure out what are some ways that we can help uh, our area do this. And you kind of alluded to some of it where you talked about the learn to play through the NHL and all of the other NHL teams are, are doing that. And we just had uh, Caitlin Parker on with the Seattle Kraken, and she talked a, a lot about that same stuff. So um, for people that are looking to get involved, it's reaching out to those those organizations that are in your area, and whether it's an NHL organization or uh, another organization in the area, there's lots of opportunities for for those people to get involved. And and the other thing is, um, USA Hockey has a um, department um, to help those um, associations and and do stuff their program services is called so if you are a um president or vice president or registrar or just somebody really passionate maybe you're an adm coordinator or a coordinator for your age group that's where program services get you reach out to them and um they can really help you they have a lot of cool i mean now I'm, since i was with usa hockey so i have a good insight they have a lot of cool things that they they have coming up to help um you know that volunteer mom or dad that are uh, helping run an association, maybe in the middle of, of an area that does not have an NHL team or does not have a 
those resources. Um, so I would definitely reach out to to that program services. That was a good resource to have. Um, or even if you're just a, 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 a guardian or a, a caregiver, that's where you say, hey, I want to help. I reached out to program services. This is what I can help with the, your local association. And I think just just helping out and being there for them and kind of reaching out to them. And um, a lot of people don't know about the program service, but they they are they have some really cool things on the horizon as well. Yeah, and so another thing that I wanted to touch on as well that is somewhat involved with what you were doing with your learn to play is you talked about it being an eight week program and then. Kids are actually then moving up into the Blue Jackets Hockey League, and it's a it's two 10-week sessions uh, that you talked about. And so uh, I had started making notes, and you already went down the rabbit hole of the flexibility to play other sports. But I thought that that was something that's really cool because we actually just had this conversation recently this week is oftentimes uh, hockey is such a barrier to other sports because, well, it's, it, is, it does tend to be a longer time commitment. So these 10 week, eight week programs are, are really cool. And you said it was ages five to eight. Is there a plan to expand that upwards? Yeah. So um, we're, we wanted to be very strategic with our timing and this fall timing, typically, you know, in the past, and I'm just generalizing the uh, rec hockey and we're not calling it house hockey anymore. This is the Blue Jackets hockey. These kids are part of the Blue Jackets Hockey League and it's recreational programming. It's uh, twice a week. But the thing is timing wise, right? Like they, they play other sports and we want them to play other sports. And, you know, being in my position now, <clears throat> you you see emails and people are, Hey, like my travel baseball team is meeting every single week at on Wednesdays that they just threw on us. And I have this travel basketball and all this other sports that they're doing year round that we want to, to be able to say, Hey, Here's your practice day. You're going to practice on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it is. And it's a consistent for those uh, 10 weeks. And then there's going to be that no, another season in the winter. And we're going to keep that practice time consistent as well so that you can make those, you know, you know that on Mondays you're going to be practicing. And that's going to be. But having the ability to enter and exit when you want and not having that long because kids change their mind quick and it's tough and there's different things that happen um, on with families and timing. And once it gets the winter, Hey, I don't want to travel in the snow. Uh, I was having that conversation with my, my wife. Hey, we don't want to go to gymnastics because we got to get home and then we got to go travel gymnastics and there's, it's busy, you know, on when, when it's dark outside and, and all that. So it's, we want to be flexible and especially at these early, early ages where it's really super important for, us to not give any reason for our family to say, hey, I'm out. I'm out because it's too hard for this, right? Because typically where we're coming from is a lot of our players are not, um, have not played hockey. Their parents have not played hockey here in Columbus. So we want to say, hey, you're going to have good times on the weekend, not 6.50 a.m. for a game. We changed that. That was one of the things that we changed. And then also, um, given that consistency of the practice time, here's your consistent practice time. So we have no reason or the families have a harder time to say, hey, it's too early or it's not, it's too hard. We want to say, hey, we love it. And then as they get older, <laughs> now you got them. Now they're in. Now now, now you can um, give them that 650 possibly. And you asked about our plans about getting older. We're very, very committed to 
um, growing the game and being part and being a big part of uh, Columbus hockey even more. I mean, we've been here for 20, 22 years and it's been really good. And we've done some, a lot of good things in helping with the, the chillers of the local rinks, the building those, but we want to make sure that we're providing that experience to all families and making sure that we give them the opportunities. And those opportunities are that recreational program that, that, um, you know, travel and all that stuff, that's all fine. And that's a situation for those families and they can do that. But we really want to build that base, keep that base as big as possible and um, for as long as possible. And the big part of what we're trying to do is also keep those volunteers, those volunteer coaches invested and feeling part of this, feeling part of that they're part of the Blue Jackets family and not just, hey, we need you to um, be a coach because of this. No. We want you, hey, here's some tickets to the games. Here's this, this Blue Jackets tracksuit with a Blue Jackets Hockey League patch. Here's some things that, you know, thank you very much for, for spending some time and some extra time with your, with your kid and being that volunteer. And that's a really important piece for us is to bring those volunteers in. And right now, so we have, I said we have 500 kids. We have over 100 volunteers. So that's like a lot of, and some are, some are coaches. Some are team managers, but it's a it's hundred people that said, "Hey, I, I want to help a little bit. You know, I, I want to do something." So, and hopefully that even grows even more. And then everybody's helping. Then everybody feels like they're, you know, "Hey, you're on you're on water bottles. You're on off ice. You're on this. You're on that." I think that's a really important thing to build that family, build that Blue Jackets family. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. So you have uh, in this kind of, I would say maybe a. I would still say it's a relatively short amount of time that you've built up, you know, all of these kids and and coaches that are that are involved and so you have all of these kids and coaches here and you talked a little bit about how you can keep coaches involved but what are some ways that you're looking to continue keeping kids involved or um I should say what are some things that you guys do that help keep your kids coming back and developing and, and enjoying the sport when they're with you guys so for us it's activity and puck touches and you know the enjoyment and the fun right how do you build that how do you build in the environment so it starts with with us from the top and saying hey like this is this is the program that we want we're going to do age appropriate development appropriate um practices and games and it might be different than what um the mom or dad did when they were growing up and that's totally fine and we're going to help educate and inform from them, hey, this is this is the reason why. But putting those kids in situations where they can touch the puck a lot, they're moving, they're getting better, they're having fun, all in a fun atmosphere. That's number one, and that's going to keep the kids. But we're also it's really important for us to help coach the coaches because a lot of times they're they're donating their time. They have all of them. I, I would say all of them have other jobs or other. Um, things that they're doing that takes they're not sitting at home and drawing up um, practices or drawing up plays for their eight-year-old they're just hey I just got to get my kids to um, this rank by this time and I'm going to go on the ice I can't forget my skates so we want to give them the opportunity so what we've done is each of the ranks has a practice plan uh, or the all three ranks have one practice plan that is implemented at each of the ranks and that's going to take the burden off of those um, those volunteer coaches that a lot of times they were just trying to draw up a, 
a plan as they're getting to the ring. They got the plan. So they're running a station or running an area. And with that, they have eight to 10 kids on their team. And it's how can I build that team culture? What can I do on and off the ice? We have, we have uh, coaches that have made signs for the locker room doors. They have things that they give out afterwards, like little goodie bags or hat welcome things um, that they give. And they have really kind of taken that to the next step and having snack or they're going to uh, Blue Jackets or Ohio State games together or having team parties. And I think that's the thing that's on and off is not just, hey, show up, hey, you're on the ice with 30 to 50 kids. Hey, this is your team, but it's you might be mixed up on, on the ice and and all that, but also, hey, these ten kids, we're gonna we're gonna be friends and and go from that. And just want to circle back with the two ten weeks. So, like I said, there's gonna be kids that enter and exit. We're trying to keep the same eight to ten kids on the same team with the same coach for those twenty weeks. But we might we might um, lose a kid to another sport, or they not they decide not to, or we might add a couple. So it's important for us for them to be welcoming and, and bring those kids kids in too. Well, I love that you also uh, not only make it fun and enjoyable for the players, but you make it seems like you make it fun and enjoyable for the coaches because, as you said, they are volunteers and they're volunteering their time outside of likely a, a busy work schedule. And they don't want to have to write up practices, you know, and, and so – um, or they, they don't want to have to do all this research and planning and, and whatever else. And so it sounds like you have a really supportive, fun uh, environment for the coaches as well. So that, it's really cool. And, and they're on a learning journey, too. So um, and, and I know the national coach in chief, Mike McMillan, would always say, hey, uh, coach development is player development. And that's where we're trying to support and working to support those volunteer coaches by implementing uh, people that are on the ice and off the ice called Blue Jackets Hockey League development coaches. And those people's responsibility are to um, be there and support the volunteer coaches. And hopefully, ideally, it's that mentorship, right? Like that in-the-moment in mentorship or in-the-moment coaching that um, the volunteer coaches are doing to the with the players. But now you have somebody that is, maybe a little bit more experience, a lot more experienced than some of the parent volunteers, but Hey, you know, did you think about this or great job? You, I really loved how you got on one knee to explain the drill. And, you know, you got better every time you explain it, just like what uh, we're talking about in our, the coach, the USA hockey coaching clinics and really kind of supporting them and being there instead of just having, Hey, I took my USA hockey coaching clinic on August 31st and I don't have my next clinic until next year right like we want to really um, help those coaches in the moment and keep that learning going for them yeah so it's almost like a, a community of practice that you all have going that you're you're together you're learning and, and you're working uh, as an as an organization and as a group to to get better top to bottom and those, so and those development coaches are learning from the volunteer coaches because a lot of the volunteer coaches uh, a lot of them have jobs and they could be plumbers they could be um people that stay stay home all day or they could be really high level executives right like it, it doesn't matter they're they're come from all different backgrounds and it's important for us to learn from them on their backgrounds and also being able to be flexible and saying okay hey like 
how can we um, help you and support you? Yeah, and so transitioning to that idea of getting help and getting some support, you've, you've mentioned a few things, uh, obviously reaching out to some of your local organizations, whether it be NHL or, or you know, maybe it's even, I know some junior hockey teams that do some stuff and um, semi-professional hockey teams, as well as USA Hockey Program Services. But outside of those things, what advice would you give to either coaches or organizations uh, for simple steps that, that they can act on moving forward? That's a good question, Zach. Um, as you can tell, I'm stalling a little bit here because I'm coming up with an idea. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing is to be player-centered in your thinking and thought process or need-centered is um, what's needed, like really trying to evaluate what your area and what you need and how you can support and, and connect and give those kids the opportunity what they deserve is a great youth sport experience. That's what we want to do, right? Like, in, and we can look at different, different groups. Norway has a, a um, from their government, hey, this is child-centered and this is what they, they, de they deserve. And there's other um, groups throughout the, the world that have that Sweden as well. And I think just kind of reading up on that, that could be a good start, right? Hey, like, this is, it's not about the fear of missing out. And it's not about these, uh, these, you know, you got to be elite. You're elite at eight years old. It's not, it's, it's about giving these kids the experience and um, the love and love of just being able to move and enjoy moving and enjoy activity and being part of um, something, right? Like we are the Blue Jackets. You're part of the Blue Jackets with us. And we want you to feel that that's probably the, the first step. The other step is, hey, don't be stuck in, in the old ways, right? Like think outside the box. Some of the best things that come about are from people thinking, hey, I can do it this way and try it out and say, hey, and be, be communicative of why you're trying it out. And then, hey, well, how can we do this better, right? Like how can we, how can we improve? It's just like if you were trying a, if you were a skateboarder and trying a new trick, right? You're going to try new, different things and trying to get better and trying to improve this or that. It's not there. Hey, I have to do it this way. Maybe it doesn't work for you. So it's important for you to try those new things and um, be flexible. Awesome. So a lot of different things that I would love to continue talking to you about, uh, Dave, but we are trying to keep these between 30 and 40 minutes, just so parents and families and coaches and everyone can listen to it on their ride to and from the rink. Um, so if people want to get in contact with you and learn more about some of the things that we've talked about today, or just want to reach out and have some questions for you, where can people get in contact with you? Probably the easiest way is my email is dcaruso, C-A-R-U-S-O, at bluejackets.com. And then you can look up the Blue Jackets Hockey League at uh, bluejacketshockeyleague.com is an easy way but um, to find that. And we have a lot of good information on our NHL site, which is um, bluejackets.com. Awesome. And we'll put all of that stuff in the show notes so people can can reach out, go and seek some more information, and even toss some of those articles you were alluding to as well. 
so that people can just learn a little bit more about how they can be more player-centered, how they can uh, grow their organization and uh, create more engagement, fun, and, and child-centered focus. So um, any other, any last thoughts for the, uh, for the listeners here before we let you go? No, I think you're just, you're doing a great thing, Zach. I think it's the podcast is, was something that, you know, you can just be in your car and, and do that. And I think for the, for the listener is, Hey, reach out to people, ask questions. I, I know um, it's uh, it might be awkward or just reach out. People will love to chat and love to talk about what's going on and um, not, don't just look at hockey. Um, there's a lot of good things happening in soccer or um, football in Europe and in some of those other areas that they're, they're ahead of the game, especially um, in that area. So look to those things. Awesome, Dave. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it was great chatting with you and, and catching up with you today. And so um, thank you everyone for listening in if you got this far and have a great week. See you guys soon. Thanks everyone for making it this far. I am so excited to see what Dave and the Blue Jackets Hockey League have in store for the future. I love their model of development for their players, but I also really love it for their coaches. It seems like they provide um, a lot of support for them and a lot of development opportunities. And I made a lot of notes myself today. Uh, so looking forward to trying some of these things uh, back home. Now, uh, join us in two weeks as we chat with longtime head coach of Air Force, Frank Saratori. Should be uh, make for a really great episode, really interesting for those um, thinking about player development and even those that are coaching at some higher levels. So uh, it's really interesting. Great conversation with him. And thanks again for listening. And we will see you all in two weeks. Registration is open for the 2023 USA Hockey Level 5 Coaches Symposium. The Level 5 Coaching Symposium is where aspiring coaches from across the country will gather to attain the highest certification offered by USA Hockey. This year's Coaching Symposium is set for May 4th through the 7th, 2023 at the Seacrest Beach Hotel in Falmouth, Massachusetts. The Level 5 will offer large group and small breakout sessions, giving you the opportunity to explore and apply innovative approaches to coaching. The final list of speakers will feature some of the most accomplished coaches from across the world. We hope to see you there this spring.